0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى اله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا الى يوم الدين اما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد والكاظمين الغيظ والعافين عن الناس والله يحب المحسنين there's a very interesting story that's related about one of our pious predecessors, Husayn radiyallahu anhu, the great Sahabi. Uh, once a servant of his, uh, a female servant of his, uh, uh, slave was carrying some kind of hot soup in a bowl, probably bring it, bringing it in, and uh, there was a mistake, uh, some accident, and she dropped some on him, and it was scalding. It was really, really hot. So it dropped on him. And of course, uh, it made him really agitated. It got him angry that uh, this has happened. You know, somebody carelessly dropped something on you. So immediately, I mean, she was very intelligent and knowledgeable about the Qur'an. Immediately the verse, she read, al الْغَيْذِ Those who drink their anger. That's the literal translation. Those who curb their anger. Those who swallow their anger. So immediately... Hussain, عنه, and this is very important, he immediately swallowed his anger. So he totally became calm, he became neutralized uh, as soon as she said that. And then after that, uh, she was very intelligent. She said, Afina anin nas," And those who forgive people. So then he says, I forgive you. So one is he just calmed down. But then calming down and not doing something is different to then forgiving. It doesn't mean you have forgiven someone if you just calm down. Forgiving somebody is something else It's a it's a special uh, interaction that takes place So he says When she said He says okay I forgive you And then after that she pushed it even further She said Allah loves the doers of good Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the doers of good So when, he, when she said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the doers of good He says okay I free you I emancipate you. So she became a free person. So, I guess the point of this story is that we learn a few things. Number one, when the Qur'an is recited and when the hukam of Allah, the, the command of Allah, any guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His Messenger is brought in front of us, the Sahaba used to succumb immediately. They used to submit immediately. I mean, you if somebody burnt you with something as scalding as hot soup or something, clearly you're going to have a lot of agitation, you're going to be really, really angry because you've got pain as well that you're dealing with. But immediately to, to calm down, to forgive, and then beyond that to do this great act of benevolence which is to uh, free her, subhanAllah. So today what we want to speak about quickly is just about how to deal with anger. This is something that every one of us experiences at some level or the other. Some, for some people it's a bigger challenge than for some other people certain people have a bigger challenge uh, than others do. So the first and foremost what we have to realize is that anger is a faculty within us which is very important because there's a lot of positive expressions and aspects of it. If a person, they say, if a person doesn't have anger then he's just like a donkey. Donkeys, that's why they're donkeys because they're so mute and they're just so non-reactionary. They just, you can do whatever you like to a donkey and he doesn't really respond in any way, unlike a camel or a horse or some other animal. So a person doesn't want to become like a donkey who never gets angry at all or who doesn't even seem to have the faculty of anger within them. It's very important to have that faculty of anger within them. Now what happens with anger is that a person generally is, gets into a situation. Anger generally comes up when you're in, in a fight or flight situation. What that means is that you know, you're confronted with something. So then you have to fight back, or you're expected to fight back, or you feel like fi- fi- uh, fighting back, or you feel like taking flight from there, basically leaving there because you can't deal with it. Generally, that's the kind of situation in which anger comes about. When, when a person gets angry, their blood pressure rises, and their sugar rises. So you know their sugar rises, their sugar level rises, and when you have a high sugar level, that's a problem as well. So there's a sugar problem, there's a blood pressure problem, and that's why a person is told to curb their anger and try not to get angry in the first place. How, I mean, how can you not get angry in the first place? Well, this requires a lot of premeditation. It requires a realization that I get very angry. It requires a realization that things set me off too much, that I get angry a lot or I fly off the handle too much or I've got this problem. The first The first uh, uh, step of this is that a person has to realize that they've got this problem and they have to sort it out. Then when you know that you've got that problem, then you can take certain measures. Firstly, let's understand that there are two manifestations of anger. Uh, One is that a person is angry for themselves. But in Islam we have this other aspect which is to be angry for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is when an aspect of the deen is contravened and you get angry. Of course there's ways of expressing that anger. A person who thinks they're really pietist and really strong on their religion and they get angry because... Uh, there's a violation of the deen of the religion that doesn't mean they can get angry but that doesn't mean that they can express their anger in violent ways because there's a way of expressing one's anger which is a separate thing to being angry for the sake of the deen then there's a way of with wisdom of how to express that anger and to make tarbiyah or to 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 make islah or nurture the person and so on so Anger for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowed, but one must realize that just because it's allowed, you can't vent it in any way you want. Because once a person is angry, then they lose control of their senses, then uh, basically they could do things, then they may commit a haram, so they may have started off for the right reason, but then it ends up being sinful and it ends up being wrong and detrimental for one's own self and uh, then sometimes for the entire community or even the Muslim Ummah for that sake so one has to be very careful so yes there is a level of anger that is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of course there's a level that is a most selfish anger the Sahaba had tuned it very well the Sahaba if you look at their lives and their expression of anger Whenever it was for the deen, they knew how to deal with it. And when it was for themselves, then they would curb it. And this was the case with Rasulullah ﷺ very clearly, that that was the case with him as well. And you have numerous incidents like that that you, you know we generally hear, so I don't want to repeat those. The, the fact that you have to have anger if you've got a husband and wife, for them to have any self-dignity, positive jealousy, respect for one another, uh, true Islamic understanding and feelings for each other then they're going to have to have a level of this anger inside uh, to be able to defend one another and to value one another and honor one another otherwise if none of them have that faculty then it would actually lead to a form of cowardice it would actually lead to a form of or shamelessness rather so what happens is that a person doesn't care what his wife is doing, a wife doesn't care what a husband is doing. They, you know, it's kind of this relationship that al have that you know, basically the unchaste men are for the unchaste women and, and, and vice versa uh, because they, they, they'd rather have it that way that they, they have no jealousy at, at, at all as to what their husband wives are doing and whether they're going against the aspects of or demands of uh, shyness or bashfulness or haya in Islam. Generally a person is uh, will have four states or uh, every person will be of one of four states when it comes to anger. Uh, they say I mean, in Arabic it's <laughs> and then a mixture of both of them uh, so you get four different logical possibilities. What that means is that there's some people who get angry very quickly so they're constantly always angry but then they calm down very fast as well. That's obviously not a very... A praiseworthy situation because they're constantly angry, but then they get calm easily as well. So that's a good part, but the first part is bad. Then you've got somebody who gets angry, you know, in a very delayed sense, in a very delayed sense, so they don't get angry at all. Uh, you know, very seldomly do they get angry, but the time they do get angry, then it takes them, you know, sometimes months to, to calm down. That, uh, that's, of course, very good to start with, but then it becomes very uh, non positive and detrimental, negative afterwards. Then you've got uh, a person who gets angry. Uh, quickly, frequently and then zawal, uh, which means that it takes a very long time to get better and to calm down that's of course the worst of the four types because they're going to be constantly angry, in fact they will have anger over anger over anger because they'll be angry And they'll be seething from that, and then something else will make them even more angry, then they'll be seething from that, so that will add to the problem, and their blood pressure, etc., etc., and then they'll get angry again over something else because they just keep flying off the handle. So these people are those who get angry frequently and fast, and very slow to calm down. That's the worst of the four, uh, four, four types. And the fourth type is probably the best type, which is that a person doesn't get angry very frequently at all. So it, it takes a lot to get them angry. And then when they do get angry, they can calm down very easily as well. This is the best of the four types. So anger is definitely needed because it... It governs many positive faculties within us, that of dignity, of uh, of of valor, of of uh, uh, of bravery, uh, of uh, uh, honor, etc., etc. Uh, but at the same time, it needs to be very, very, uh, it needs to be very, very controlled, uh, controlled very carefully. Otherwise, it will cause massive detrimental, both health problems and social problems, spiritual problems. It's it's a really, really detrimental aspect. How do you deal with somebody who is angry? The best way to deal with somebody who is angry is to generally ignore them like you would ignore a drunkard. And the reason for that is very clear, when a person is angry, they are as though they are intoxicated and they're drunk. When a person is drunk and they're saying crazy things to you, if you provoke them more, if you respond to them more, then that's exactly what they want, that's what they will feed on, that is what, how they will respond to you. And so they'll, it'll only become more aggravating. So when a person is angry, it's in that kind of situation, when a person is angry, they want even, you know, they want somebody to provoke them more, they, they want to take you on, they want to you to respond to them like that. So unless Unless you have some kind of authority over such a person, you can, you know, like calm them down or pressure them to to calm down. Then that's a different situation. Otherwise, if it's just another person like that, then just avoid them as you would a drunkard or intoxicated. That's the best, generally, the best policy. Sometimes that will get them angry more because what some people want, they they feel s- uh, some angry people. If you don't give them a response, if you don't dignify them with a response, essentially, then they get even more angry. But eventually they will have to calm down if you keep ignoring them. That's, that's, uh, you know, that, that's a, a t- tested formula. Initially, they will, it will make them even more angry that you're not even responding to them. Right? I've had cases where you know, there, there's a couple that will come and they'll say that when I get angry, he just stays totally quiet. And that gets me even more angry. Right? Um, so it gets them more angry, but then eventually they come down because people do calm down eventually. Anger. There's many reasons why anger will be brought on, and you know I'm just throwing out a lot of points today so that we can think about these things very carefully for ourselves to see how we can, inshallah, improve. So anger has many, many different ways that it's brought on. One of the one of the main ways that anger is brought on is through jealousy. When somebody has something, or somebody's trying to take something of yours, or somebody is taking something that you think should be yours, or you should also have it. So different forms of jealousy. Whether that's, you know, whatever type of jealousy it is, it could be mostly it's going to be negative envy, negative jealousy where it's because you're jealous of someone. But then in the positive aspect, which is that a husband is jealously guarding over his wife. A wife is jealously guarding over her husband in a sense from, you know, uh, possible haram relationships. So in that case, there's a positive aspect of that. Again, to feel that positive aspect is praiseworthy. But the way you deal with it is where you have to be careful because that could become blameworthy in the way you deal with it. Uh, some, for some people it leads to paranoia, it, it leads to accusations, it leads to massive suspend, uh, you know, suspicion, it leads to big quarrels and fights and out of nothing sometimes because the jealousy is just out of sync, the jealousy is just beyond the limit. So there's many reasons that you have to understand there. However most of the time anger is brought on about with normal jealousy. You want something, some somebody else has, somebody's got something that you think you should also have, why do they have it? A new dress, a new car, a new business, a new, you know, getting married to someone that you, you know, that you that is not that is better than, you know, what you have, etc. etc. All of these things the positive aspect for example like a woman is sitting at home waiting for her husband to come home he's out with his friends he's gone out etc and he doesn't come home now obviously there's a sense of jealousy there because he's out with someone else you're jealous of those people that's but you have the right to be jealous in this case however it's the way you deal with it that's going to be most important here so you have the right to be jealous in that case jealous in a positive sense here that you know you you want to guard your honor you want you know somebody for yourself of course uh, you know wives can't be so possessive that they don't allow their husbands to go out at all and they act like mothers to you know their their young children or something and they control everything that they do and you know make it seem like you know you have to get a visa from the you know from the uh, Israeli embassy or something like that you know it shouldn't become like that either it should you know there needs to be a, a relationship there but at the same time the wife does have if her husband's constantly coming home late absolutely the wife has the right to be jealous and that is gonna make her angry but how are you going to deal with that anger is is what's most important that's what we have to learn Uh, other things that bring on anger is intoxications. People who are on drugs are going to be generally angry because they they are volatile, they are non-stable, they're never going to be steadfast in anything because drugs do that to you, they give you extreme heights, they give you extreme hits, they make you feel euphoric they make you feel uh, ecstatic they make you feel different from what a normal person feels and then there's a downer it doesn't stay forever because it's not Jannah we're in. So it's this false and artificial sense of height that it person gets to and then they fall and that makes them really angry especially when they can't get their next hit they're agitated so uh, being intoxicated also uh, drinking makes people uh, makes people angry quickly because you know they're in they've they've lost a full control over their brains and their faculties and their rationality so intoxication is is is, uh, really problematic so that brings on anger as well. Another, uh, another place uh, or another situation in which people become angry is when they're despondent about something. Then they get angry. Uh, if a person can't succeed they've been trying to get a job they can't get a job they've been trying to have a child they can't have a child they've uh, been trying to get married they can't get married they've been trying to find a house they can't they can't they've been trying to uh, to uh, woo somebody they've been trying to win somebody over and they can't they get frustrated they see others right who are happy and they're not happy but then that's all self-inflicted You know, what we have to realize is that this dunya is not full of just successes. There are definitely setbacks. There has to be a mixture of setbacks and successes in this world. And a person needs to know how to deal with their setbacks and with their successes. So a person should not become agitated, but they should turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Generally, what helps in all of these situations is to have a regimen of dhikr that you're constantly doing every day because that will strengthen the heart. And then when bad things do happen in your life, you know how to deal with it because you're you know you know you have allah on your side you know that there's a connection between you and allah it's just like if, if you've got contact with the mayor or you've got contact with you know the ruling party and you've got some association there and then something happens to you, you know that you know that you can fall back on them and they'll probably help you out. So when a person is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this generally deals with a lot of the fuss, a lot of the depression, a lot of the problems and the agitation that people feel in their mind, despondency, feeling like nothing's happening for them, feeling like the uh, misery just comes to them, calamities are just intended for them. This can all be dealt with through dhikr, right? Through dhikr. Not just one day of dhikr, but a dhikr regimen. Slowly, slowly, it will strengthen your heart. Within a few weeks, you should, be, you should be upright again. So, frustration is really bad for anger because it makes you frustrated. Why isn't it happening fast? There's some of us who like things to happen very fast, and when they don't happen fast enough, we get angry because that's out of frustration. Again, that's not the right kind of expression. That's not a rightful expression. We don't have the right to become angry there. We just have to understand that these are the way things are. Right, you can't look at other families and how successful they are, and then get frustrated of why you're not that successful. Right, Allah makes different. As long as you're fine, as long as you don't have a problem, and as long as you know you're doing okay, it you can't get frustrated just because you're not as good as somebody else. That just may be the way it is. You ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to help uh, your situation. That you have to have some kind of merits within you, which you may have not discovered yourself because you're looking at the wrong types of merits in others. And and deciding that you want those for yourself, whereas you may have other merits by which you know you can you can succeed in this world. So these are various ways that generally bring about anger, frustration, despondency, uh, failures, uh, intoxication, and so on and so forth. How do you? How does one cure their anger? So there's a you know the everybody is different in this regard, but the one thing which is for sure is that if you increase your tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you put your mind over matter and your mind is strengthened through your dhikr with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your trust in Him, then you can definitely be able to overcome because you'll be able to overcome the causes of the anger, which I just mentioned. Your despondency you, you know, can, can be removed, your frustrations can be taken care of, etc. etc. all of these can be taken care of as long as you increase your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through doing specific types of adhkar, dhikr, etc., so first and foremost, one must think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards abundantly for a person who curbs their anger. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, This is a massive uh, praise for those Uh, This is really great praise for those who are able to do that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the praising mode at this point. And that's what he says. So mind over matter, think of all the great rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide for a person who curbs their anger for his sake. So when you do get angry and you realize that, look, I can't get angry. But it's very difficult to do that. If you have a habit of getting angry, then to do that at that moment is very difficult. This is something you have to premeditate. It's something you have to be conscious about. As I said in the beginning, one has to realize that I've got an anger problem. So that, and then they need to try to ascertain the times or the instances or the places or the people with whom they generally get angry. And assess the situation and think, well, is my getting anger, angry... Going to benefit the situation? Am I going to be able to solve the problem? Am I going to be able to change the situation? Are those people going to change because of that? If not, then what's the point? What's the point then? Then try to think of other ways to do it. But then try to control oneself because being angry is a problem. Shaitan, you have, what we have to realize is that the angry person is a tool, a toy in the hands of Shaitan. I mean, this is the best way to explain it. That when a person gets angry, they are like a toy in the hands of shaitan. Shaitan can then just play around with them as they wish. Because the person's lost their faculty, The iman is, is weak at that point, shaitan can do as they wish, and then people do weird things and then they regret it afterwards. The other thing what a person has to realize is that when they get angry, generally it causes features to change. It changes body behavior. Because there's an internal change that's taking place which is that the blood is raging around the hormones are out the blood sugar level is high the blood pressure is high all of these things they are very detrimental to our uh, core organs uh, main organs of the body so it's harmful number one the other thing is look at an angry person how they look they get red in the face, they screw up their face, they look mean, they look wrong, they look like an animal. I mean, that's what it is. The, the, generally what people say is that when shaitan plays with a person, it makes the person look like an animal. I mean, why screw up a face that is so honorable? And so would if somebody takes your picture at that point, then then you see it, then you'll probably realize that. But what one has to realize is that there's no benefiting benefit in me getting angry like that, flying off the handle just like that because it's going to change the features of my face. It's bad for me inside. It's really detrimental for me. So what they say generally, as based on the hadith Rasulullah which Abu Dharr, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, etc., etc., et have related that when a person is angry and they're standing up generally, sit down. Just sitting down in that psychologically... Putting yourself down closer to the earth will humble you and will calm your anger. When you're standing up, you feel like you own the world. You feel like you can do. You feel like you have more power and more control. So sit down. If you're sitting down, then they say actually just lie down. Now, of course, that's going to have to be premeditated. There's no way you're going to remember this at the time of anger unless you've really thought about it before. Then it may spark, then it may spark in your mind when you actually do get angry. Um, and if that doesn't work, then they say use water, which is gondu wudu. Because the Prophet said that if they, you know, water, because it's from the anger of hellfire, of, of uh, the, the, the fire is hot and anger is closer to hellfire, water will cool it down. So take a bath, take a ghusl and so on and so forth. Of course, this is only like when you're angry, you've received an email, you've received a phone, you've seen something, you've heard of something and you're sitting alone. You've got nobody to express your anger to, you're dealing with yourself, then go and take a shower. But of course, if you're arguing with somebody, it's going to be very difficult to go and take a shower unless you're very, very disciplined. But if you're disciplined, you'll probably be able to just calm it anyway. So one has to understand that there's different contexts for all of these things. When a person gets angry, they get red in the face. They start sweating. They start shaking. They just look really, really bad. I mean, that's how you get out of control. Some people, they get headaches when they get angry. Anger brings on a headache afterwards. It brings on sleepless nights afterwards. What's the point of all of this? Then you sulk, you you moan, you 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 you're angry, you're despondent, sleepless nights. That happens. Uh, the day just you waste your time because you don't do anything. Then you just try to find activities that you, you know you can occupy yourself. And you just go on like, uh, would you call it retreat uh, to, to the side or to the corner or something like that? What's the point of all of this? Generally. Uh, what they say is that as a person gets older, their anger calms down. However, what studies have shown is that people in their late life, when they get to advanced old age, what happens with people is that because they don't have full control over their faculties, they, in that kind of senile age, uh, age of decre- decrepitude, then the most evil of their behavior manifests itself. So there's a woman who saw this happening within her parents and family and so on, and she decided consciously that I want to improve my behavior right now and eradicate the blameworthy traits within me so that when I if I ever do get to this age, right, where I lose my faculties, etc., then I won't resort to doing bad things because I would have already eliminated or tried to control them. From before so th- this is kind of very interesting that trying to uh, tra- trying to control ourselves right now will have profound benefit even at the end of our life in this world and of course in the hereafter but generally statistics show, s- uh, surveys show that people become less angry as they grow up right as they continue to grow up the worst age for getting angry is is between the ages of 12, 13, bulugh, to about 33 years of age. That's generally when the person is in their prime and developing themselves and they have the most anger because a lot of these faculties of frustration and competitiveness and all of these things uh, generally uh, are very important. After the age of 33, they start calming down. But we need to actively do it for the sake of our deen. We We shouldn't just allow the natural process to take place because it's bad and a lot of things can be detrimental for us. Another thing is that if after the age of 33, for example, there is an illness, uh, sorry, th- then a person continues to still be angry and is still frustrated and so on, then they have to get help because then it's not even natural anymore. Generally, people calm down. But after that, then they, need, they, should defin- they, they should definitely get intervention because then it seems some kind of disease or illness or spiritual problem, major problem. Uh, another thing that makes people angry, especially kids, is video games or the computer. Right? If you notice you give a child, you allow them to play for an hour or half an hour and then they have to give it to their brother or sister to play with now, or it's time finished now, uh, time over, they will get extremely angry. They get more angry about that than missing their food. So video games are really, really problematic. They, they, they have something within them. It's just the way they deal with your psyche that it's like an addiction forming thing that gets you really angry. It's like a withdrawal that the child has to go through. So sometimes, I mean, these computer games, they're literally like drugs they are literally like drugs and it's very difficult and the only way you can sort this out is to uh, is to wean them off it is to make sure you regulate a lot of parents when their children make a big fuss then they then they give up and they say okay here you go take it again because they can't they can't deal with the tantrum but the tantrum has to be dealt with so computer games are uh, a big problem another thing that we have to realize between men and women although i'm speaking to sisters right now is that men's anger it comes fast. They generally get angry much faster than women do. Of course, there, are, there will always be exceptions about this uh, with regards to this both in men and women. This is just the general trend and standard. So, men's anger comes fast but it goes fast as well, they don't seethe forever, generally, yes, there will be men who will do that, you know who will do the other way around, but uh, generally men men get angry, but then they calm down very fast, whereas women they it takes a while for them to get angry, uh, but then they, it takes a while for them to uh, to um, to calm down so they stay angry for. A lot longer. So that's the challenge for women: is to not stay angry for too long, to deal, be able to deal with it, and to realize that my staying angry and not speaking, or uh, you know, refusing to do this, that, or the other, uh, then that is just going to cause a bigger problem. Everybody has the right to get angry sometimes. It's just how you deal with it is what's most important. So, men, when they get angry, a woman should think that he will do it. Whereas women, when they get angry and they say stuff, they generally will not follow up. They will calm down afterwards. Women are Mashallah very emotional and soft and compassionate, uh, uh, y- 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 compassionate beings. So they, they say a lot of stuff, but they won't necessarily do it. Right? So the husband, the way he has to deal with his wife is that she says a lot of stuff. He has to ignore it. You know, all the threats and so on. He has to ignore it. Of course, he has to try to reconcile and reform himself and, and you know help the situation. But with the way to deal with it is that when a man says that they will do something, then you should think that they will do it and and try to calm the situation down. When the man does do these things, it's important for the wife to start thinking that why is he doing this what's the problem what is the cause for this try to ascertain the cause and then try to deal with that cause because there could be an absolutely valid cause but then he's just over reacting to it but then try to deal with that cause of how did how do you deal with it men are really weak in this regard men really really what works on them is acts of kindness so if they're angry an act of kindness, you know, with this, the, the, the soft power of the woman, it will really, really help. An act of kindness, expressing love, showing affection, uh, a gift, this will really, really work with them, right? And they will really calm down. When it comes to uh, 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 men, take more. it's known that men take more revenge in anger than women do. Men take more revenge in anger than women do. So, what's very important is to try to diffuse the situation, and the way to do that is by these, this soft power, this acts of kindness, affection, and love, and that will really help. Other dietary things that can help is that a person should remove from themselves, uh, from their diet, uh, hot peppers and chili, because this uh, aggravates the self, right? Uh, too much coffee. Too much caffeine within it, right, creates uh, hyperactivity. Uh, They say tomato is bad, right? Uh, Milk products are supposed to be bad for this. Wallahu alam, I mean, this is what I heard from uh, our ulama. Uh, Sweet things, uh, because that raises the sugar from the diet. So if a person has a problem in anger, then these kind of things should be removed. Another thing is avoid MSG, monosodium, monosodium glutamate, that's causes hyperactivity especially in children and if children get a lot of tantrums as well then really look at your ingredients or what you're feeding them artificial sugars are problematic right use honey etc artificial sugars they raise the blood sugar much more caffeine of course fast foods are said to because they contain a lot of nitrates and so on Um, generally people who get angry a lot they may have a magnesium deficiency or a deficiency in vitamin uh, b and c Right, vitamins B and C or magnesium, this may be deficient in them and that's what's causing them. What benefits for a person, right? and these are all additional things that benefit, Right, is dried fruits are helpful, they're useful. Uh, fish is very good because of the protein within the fish and the omega and so on because it gives more control to the brain, it strengthens the brain. Right, The omega acids in there. Right? Uh, that, that, that's really good because sometimes it's because of weakness in the brain as well and hyperactivity there, non-control. Eggs are supposed to be good. White meat is supposed to be good, not red meats. right? Uh, seeds, uh, all of these things are supposed to lessen the anger. Omega-3 itself, you know, supplements which you can help to take as well, uh, help yourself with, um, they, have, they have control. Another thing is uh, certain herbal teas are supposed to be very good, especially the calming ones and the ones with the antioxidants in there. They help a lot. B6, 9 and 12 are supposed to be uh, good for the nervous system, so that should be that should be very helpful. B six nine and twelve. Uh, another, another aspect is to deal with your, uh, you know, for women is to deal with their PMT premenstrual tension. That's really really important, both psychologically and by maybe taking certain supplements, right? And I'm sure you can find out from your dietitians and doctors what will help in that situation. If you're finding that you get more angry at certain types or, uh, certain times in the month, then what you must realize that this is most likely. Premenstrual tension, and there are remedies that will help you. And of course, the thicker is very important to keep as an underlying factor in all of these things to help. So, generally, what has been understood is that if a person gets angry, leave them for fifteen minutes. Don't expect that you can make please them immediately. Like if a if a woman gets angry, the husband should realize that, you know, let me just leave her for fifteen minutes. Let me not do anything, let me not like say, you must calm down or whatever. It takes a while sometimes. So generally they say that it takes 15 minutes for some people to calm down. So give them that period of calming down. right? It's very difficult for a lot of people to calm down straight away. Unless you know from experience that they can calm down. There are people like that, they just burst into a smile. But a lot of people, it takes them, most people will take them probably 15 minutes to just calm down. So just take it easy. And what we have to realize, one of the most detrimental places for anger is in marriage. It's going to happen, but we need to know how to minimize it, reduce it, eradicate it if possible, and control it if it ever does happen. So what we have to realize is that marriage, the bind between the husband and wife, the spouses, is like a thread, a very thin one. If the husband pulls a bit and the wife also starts pulling, or the wife is pulling and the husband starts pulling, it's going to break. Because it's only a thin thread. When the wife is pulling, the husband gives some slack. If the husband is pulling, let the wife give some slack. So if one person is angry, inevitably somebody's going to get agitated sometimes. Then just give some slack. If you start pulling both sides, it's going to break. And it's it's a massive problem because generally with children, it's not just about two of you. It's about three, four, five of you. So one should always think, it's not just about me and him or me and her. It's about us. There's children involved and we don't want an unhealthy atmosphere here. Uh, change your location when there's angry, just go to another room, uh, move your, change the subject. Just control yourself for 15 minutes and generally you'll see that people will get angry. Show an act of kindness and just, just kind of be aloof a bit for a while. But just show an act of kindness. A person could maintain a diary. Right? That's a very good thing that, look, when I got angry, if a person really wants to correct themselves, maintain a diary. Look, I've had, this is what happened, these were the causes for it. This will help you to then go back and try to, uh, try to preempt these situations from before so that you can control yourself in the future. It's very important. Try to increase your happy hormones. The way to do that is people who do exercise, right, who stay active, then they will increase their happy hormones. They will get less angry. People who have more sloth in their life and who just sit around doing nothing, then generally, who are unfit, they, they tend to get more angry sometimes as well. So it's exercise inshallah will help because it releases a lot of your active frustration in that as well generally they also say that when you get angry try to take deep breaths that helps to give more uh, air into your passage uh, it fills your lungs up it gives more it lets the blood uh, flow around more freely and you know less in a restricted fashion that helps as well another thing that helps is to because you need more oxygen so you need more oxygen so that's why you take deep breaths uh, but then the other thing is that make sure you have enough sleep Sometimes people who've had less sleep either because they've been staying up watching things or they've been wasting their time or they've got other problems or whatever, right? They, they tend to get more angry because when you haven't had enough sleep you get more agitated fast. So try to get a good healthy at least 7 hours of sleep a day if you can. Right, That really helps to uh, respond positively. That's how the Prophet taught his wife Safiyya anha. Once, you know, there was this rivalry between the Ummahatul Mu'minin. So Safiyya ﷺ was the daughter of one of the leaders of the Jewish tribes. The Prophet had married her; she'd become Muslim, and uh, she was very beautiful as well. So sometimes the others would kind of uh, provoke her. Once somebody called her a Yahudia; they called her a Jew, even though she was a Muslim now. And she became she was very she was a very calm kind of person, but it really hurt her, and uh, she began to cry. So the Prophet saw her. And he, the way he told her to respond was not like, "Hey, you should have made these accusations against them as well." But look at the positive spin he put on it. He said, "You should have just told them that yes, uh, but I am the the, the 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 granddaughter of a prophet, and I am the what? wife." Of a prophet so he said talk about your positive aspects and respond in that way so that's the way the prophet ﷺ, uh, told her to do that uh, when it comes to Aisha radiallahu anha very interesting story the prophet ﷺ said I know when you're angry with me so she said how do you know when I'm angry with me because she was obviously trying to control her anger you could tell by this incident uh, by this exchange that Aisha radiallahu anha was able to control her anger most of the time so uh, the prophet ﷺ said I know when you'll get angry now of course if she was flying off the handle then you know, she wouldn't be concerned how he knew because it was very clear she was doing that. But because she wasn't doing that and she was controlling herself, she said, "How do you know that?" She said, "He said, you know, when you're angry, you swear, you say Warabu Ibrahim, you swear an oath by the Lord of Ibrahim, by the Lord of Ibrahim. And when you're not angry, which is most of the time, you say Warabu Muhammad, by the Lord of Muhammad sallallahu So now look at this beautiful exchange that uh, the Prophet ﷺ is telling her, just remarking to her that I know when you get angry by the words that you use so then Aisha radiallahu anha was a very intelligent, very loving person. Immediately her response was not, you know, was that, yes, I only drop your name from my mouth. I keep your name. Your name is still in my heart. So yes, I do say that. That's my way of venting my frustration. But you're still in my heart. So she salvaged the situation. And the Prophet wasallam did her islah or just expressed to her how he would do that. In the sharia, we have many, many guidances in this regard just to show the instability an angry person has and feels. So the Prophet ﷺ said A qadhi, a judge, an arbitrator should not decide between two people, provide any judgments between two people when they are angry because they won't be balanced and then it would be totally unfair. So a person has to be very, very clear about that. So A person once cursed his animal in anger. The Prophet said, Get off that animal, don't use that animal anymore because it is mal'oon. In Arabic, the word for cursing is la'n, la'nat, to give a la'nat, which is to curse somebody, say something bad about somebody that you know you are. uh, uh, La'nat means to be distant from the mercy of Allah. So when you curse somebody, you're literally saying that you are distant from the mercy of Allah. So now think about this the Prophet. Told this person to get off his animal, don't ride it, and don't use it because he said the animal has become maloon. The animal has become accursed, and you cannot ride an accursed animal. So obviously, it was more of a, uh, an uh, it was more of an admonition to him, right? But think about it. There's people who get angry with their wives, and then after that. They become intimate intimate with them. They curse their wives. They say really, really bad things about their wives. They swear at them. And then after that, they're intimate with somebody that is accursed. That is just such a major contradiction that you want the good for yourself. You're making it bad and then you're, and then you're, uh, you're intimately interacting with it and, and, and vice versa. So many women also, as the Prophet ﷺ actually said in the hadith, that they have a tendency to curse. That's their weapon they have. Men strike out. Women use their tongue. So the challenge for men is to not strike out and follow the model of Rasulullah ﷺ that to be the best to their wives and to, to others. And for women, it's to... It's to control their tongue because the tongue is so serious that it will take a person into the hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to curb our anger, especially those of us who have a greater ability or propensity or inclination to get angry more quickly remember sometimes in situations of uh, of the religion it is permissible to feel agitated and get angry but it's the way you express it there has to be a lot of wisdom in that and of course if you have a problem then we need to realize of how to deal with it may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq and may Allah give us the same level of control that Hussain, Anhu, had and the Sahaba had and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala improve our lives Oh,